Hi, welcome to our Christmas special Shoe Speak HR episode. Amy Anderson and Amy Leach are with me. Amy Anderson is well in the festive spirit, just um, more in inspires with me. Yeah, I have actually now finished it before we start talking. I, I assume that's not great podcast etiquette stuff in your face whilst you try and speak. But it's Christmas. It's Christmas. We're fine, Amy. We're, we're, we've got anything goes. Yeah. So yeah, speak, speaking of Christmas and all the festivities, I guess it brings lots of joy to HR. Um, in so much as it brings lots of queries there's lots of downtime for people but there's also lots of queries so I I guess what could they possibly be asked uh, Amy Anderson in terms of Christmas parties who who should be invited yes that is a query I've had fairly recently actually about who should be invited to the Christmas party um I think there's obviously all, it, it sounds really obvious to say, but I don't think it should be underestimated as how many businesses probably do get this wrong every each year. I think it's about think not just not just inviting the employees that you see every day who are actively working, but thinking about people who are absent from work and whether or not they want to attend the office Christmas party, team Christmas parties, just to make sure everyone feels included. And again, it, it sounds like stating the obvious, but obviously you've got people on maternity leave. If you potentially if you potentially forget to invite them to the Christmas party, then a lot of businesses do unfortunately open themselves up to the risk of a, of a discrimination type claim. I think where I've seen more queries on it recently are in relation to contractors and obviously the IR35 angle there. Um, so it's whether or not businesses can invite contractors to the Christmas party. And I think that's potentially an issue because you don't, as a business, you don't want to do anything that potentially undermines the employment status of people that you engage on a self-employed basis. So whilst if everything is all is in order, it's unlikely that an invite to the Christmas party for a contractor would completely undermine the relationship. It's certainly not helpful from a status perspective because obviously a Christmas party is generally an event for employees and contractors are not employees. They are self-employed contractors. Um, so it's definitely something to think about there. If, if you are a business that invites contractors, self-employed individuals to your Christmas party, I think it, it, it is probably something that I would recommend you review how you go about that, whether there's anything that you can do there to mitigate the risk of blurring the lines of, of employment status, because that's certainly not something that, that businesses want to be doing. I think the other point, again, just more of a flag rather than to go into it in too much detail because it does involve the word tax and that's obviously not something that anybody wants to talk about at Christmas um but ultimately because Christmas parties are generally for employees um I think as an employment lawyer not a tax lawyer there are some kind of tax allowances and reliefs for entertainment for your employees which obviously aren't available for contractors so making sure that you're not claiming anything from a tax perspective that in relation to contractors that you're not actually entitled to is the other point to flag in, in this area. No, I, I agree, Amy, in terms of everything you say. And the other thing I would add in, in terms of claimants that you see uh, when they talk about being invited or not invited to the Christmas party, as, as the kind of case may be, inevitably, the narrative will be twisted whichever way they want it to be, i.e. I didn't get an invite I should have done or I got invited when I was off and, you know, kind of taking time to recover for health reasons or looking after my small child. And this felt like, you know, kind of harassment from from the organisation. So so it is something that, you know, kind of claimants may use when, when they're looking to kind of scope out their narrative. Um, so they, the more 
clear managers are. They understand that in terms of this is a general invite, there's no obligation on whether you come, um, but obviously you will be very welcome. The better in terms of making sure that, you know, kind of the true position is reflected. It's just making sure that position's entirely clear and everybody's singing from the same hymn sheet. And, and I guess the other issue um, is whether, you know, kind of you extend that for the informal drinks, which is often where the case can be that actually the team's ganging up on me. They didn't invite me just on the informal drinks rather than the formal Christmas party, which is a, a bit easier to manage. So it's making sure that the managers at a more local level, so to speak, understand those implications as well, um, because that's where kind of despite HR's best intentions, things can slip through the gap. So um, sending gifts to home addresses, is is that a thing? Amy Leach, is that something HR are concerned by? Well, they might, uh, they might get asked that question potentially by managers, I suppose, moving on from tax to, to data protection. So just to make this uh, a bit more uh, exciting, dare I say that? Um, what a festive no. episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so it's just making sure, I guess, that technically, just because it's Christmas, employers do still need to comply with the GDPR and data protection. Um, and it's just making sure, I guess, that if they want to share uh, personal data that belongs to an employee if that's their address or contact number for whatever reason it's just making sure that they actually legally can share it and process that data so um, I suppose going back to basics with that checking that their privacy notice reflects the fact that their home addresses might be shared in a certain way if it's to send gifts or flowers or something like that um, I think it's checking uh, if you're sharing I suppose information with third parties that might send Christmas cards out on the employer's behalf to all employees checking that you've got um, again in your privacy notice and employees are actually aware that you will be using third parties and third parties will have their data um, so it's just it's that communication piece really just making sure that employees know that if you are sharing their address for example for the reason of sending them a present or a card which I'm sure they're not going to object with <laughs> if they're getting um, a gift but just making sure that you're being transparent with that um, and I think if it's something that you experience every year and you're having to ask people every year is this okay and letting them know maybe just thinking I suppose more kind of proactively is it worth do we need to formally amend our privacy notice so that we don't have to have the same conversation each year and it's just there and people can go and look at it if needed and know that their data will be shared that way um, I think the only other point that maybe links to this which is kind of the reverse is actually if employees receive gifts from suppliers or customers um, it might be worth just kind of a gentle reminder to them about if you've got um, like a, a gift policy or a bribery policy just check that nothing exceeds what um, they are actually allowed to receive under that and reporting relevant things. So um, yeah, not to be a bit of a party pooper with that one, but um, just kind of general, general kind of data protection principles will still apply, unfortunately, at Christmas. I mean, if people want to send me gifts, they can have my data. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I, you, can, you can have my data. <laughs> I guess it, it feels like we are pouring cold water over lots of nice, <laughs> nice things, but th there's a reason why employment lawyers aren't necessarily that quiet in January. So um, just things it's to all, bear it's in like, mind. It's like the point you were saying, though. It, 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 what seems, what can be seen, what, what is intended to be a nice gesture, unfortunately, can sometimes get unpicked and then be positioned yeah. in a completely different, different way, can't it? And people can take it in a different way rather than the actual nice gesture that it was meant to be. And I think you only realise these things once you've done it and then somebody 
complains about the fact that it's been been done so yeah party poopers but we'll definitely save some people from getting complaints about how they've been sent a gift to their personal address because hopefully prevention is better than yeah. cure, I guess. um i guess two other quick issues to look at is the actual taking of holidays during during the festive period um there's a there's a common misconception out there that that seasonal workers um, are not allowed to take holidays over the Christmas period. I, I mean, why would you engage somebody and then allow them to take holiday during the seasonal period? I can see why that misconception exists. Um, but the reality is um, those individuals um, accrue and are entitled to take holiday in the, in the same way as, as, as permanent members of staff. Um, however, during the first year of employment, which presumably most seasonal workers would be in, um, the working time regulations does mean that employers, employees are only allowed to take the amount of holiday that is notionally accrued um, at a rate of one twelfth of their annual, annual entitlement every month. So that is something that employers can rely on. Um, but equally, I would recommend that within those temporary contracts for seasonal workers that it's crystal clear that if there is an absolute peak period then individuals won't be allowed to to take annual leave during that period um, just to make sure a that's clear b that expectations are managed um, and c that it's fair for everybody um, so you know kind of having that the working time regs is fine, but you probably should go further to, to give yourself the full protection you want. Um, and obviously, as and when individuals leave, um, they are entitled to take um, or to be paid in lieu of their holiday at the end of that, that seasonal short-term contract. So things to be aware of. Um, and on the topic of, of holiday requests, I guess, clashes, they will happen up and down the country. Um, you know, inevitably, if if your organisation doesn't have a season seasonal closure or a shutdown between Christmas and New Year, that there is going to be a bit of a bun fight in terms of who gets the time off. Um, can somebody have all of it? You know, kind of how did it look last year? Um, you know, so not everybody is going to get what they want. So we would always recommend. Again, it's nice that we're getting this in in our final. Uh, podcast of the year but policies contracts should make it clear um if if leave is to be limited different approaches that can be taken um first come first served is is often seen as a fair approach um now it, it can be but we just need to be alive to in that situation are there new starters or are there employees returning from sick leave or maternity leave that kind of are, are unfairly prejudiced by not being around to make those early requests. Um, equally, how, how is it going to impact upon Christian employees if, if they can't take the time off um, when, you know, kind of it, it is, when you strip it right back, it, it is a Christian um, ceremony. So these things need to be taken into consideration. Um, I've seen lots of clients use an annual rotor system. Um, again, this is this is fine and, and works. Um, that there is obviously challenges though if if there's a high turnover of staff because effectively people wouldn't be staying around to to benefit from that rotor, um, and and therefore may may not be willing to engage. But I think the key is to 
to achieve a balance, you know, kind of the, the season of goodwill and everything, um, you know, kind of there will be certain members of staff that need to be in. Do they need to be certain senior people in um, to cover off? Can the organisation look into what, what is likely to be expected and, and make sure that people are available if needs be and, and to kind of have that flex? Um, but what, what shouldn't happen is that an organization is left under-resourced. So it's it's having clear lines of communication with with the staff, with the workforce, so that so that everybody knows. And, and like I say, the, the, the best place for that is, is in is in policies, is in contracts, so that um people understand the framework that they're working to. Um or not, as the case may be, if they're having time off over Christmas. So speaking of which, um Amy's, Amy's, I hope you guys both have a fabulous break when it comes. Um, and I want to extend a thank you to our listeners during during 2022. Um, we will look forward to being, being, being back with you and refreshed in 2023. But um, as ever, if anybody's got any feedback, any comments, or just want to tell us any festive stories, um, feel free to get in touch at shoespeakhr uh, at shoesmiths.co.uk. Um, and, and I guess I should use this this time of year, the fact that we're, we're drawing to a close in 2022 to, to say, look, please, please do get in touch if there's any topics in particular that you want us to to look at. We, we have a programme of topics that, that we will um you know, deliver podcasts on. We will also react as and when things change, which inevitably they will during the course of next year. But if there is any topics um, that you want to hear from us on, please do get in touch. Um, like I say, shoespeakhr at shoesmiths.co.uk. Um, but thank you for listening and thank you, Amy's. Enjoy the festive season. Thanks, Bye. You too.